0: You're listening to Fearless Pursuits Podcast, episode number 32. How are you doing today? It's cloudy today here in my backyard in Colorado. I think we're going to get a wee bit of some snow tonight. Well, that doesn't get me down because it's all part of experiencing the seasons. That's one of the reasons I call this beautiful state my home. So, today I have a guest on the show who will share his story with you on how he went from financial and personal success, having just about everything he wanted, to experiencing anxiety, frustration, confusion, to making a big life-changing switch. Ultimately, he found courage and risked it all to boldly seek out his new center, his purpose, and created a new life that's fulfilling. He became bulletproof in his journey to entrepreneurship. Now listen. Before I bring him on, I want to chat briefly with you about where your mind is as we get closer to ending 2019. Now, a lot of people are winding down in their business as the year comes to an end. But I say it's time to rev up and finish strong. You may recall that this is season two and it's all about how to be bulletproof so you can go out in the world and do the things that some people only dream of doing. One of the ways we can do that is to do some serious planning. I would rather that you focus your mind on revving up and looking into the next year and asking yourself this important question. What do I want for my business in the next year? You'll think about it, but I really hope you put pen to paper and journal on it. Now that you've gone deeper on this, go even deeper. Ask yourself why. Why do I want this? So when you aren't going deep enough into what you want and why you want it, you'll never have the exact results you want you won't have the breakthrough to success you won't build on becoming unshakable when life throws you a curveball so one of the things I want to offer to you is I did a training a masterclass in my private Facebook group it's called the six-figure conscious entrepreneur community on Facebook it's completely free and it's about planning out your 2020. So I want you to go over there to the group, join today, and you'll find it in the videos. Along with that, I have a worksheet, eight-page worksheet for you so that you can actually build on these questions. You can actually start to plan out with some very specific strategies and strong mindset because this is what we need. We need the combination of the two. One without the other isn't going to give you that breakthrough to success. So go on and head on over to Facebook and join the six-figure conscious entrepreneur community today. So let's dive into today's topic with today's Bulletproof Guest, so you can learn the strategies and the mindset of someone who is bulletproof. Hey, hey, you are listening to Fearless Pursuits Podcast, where it's that time to slap your doubts and fears around, learn online marketing mindset hacks, and fuel your entrepreneur's soul so you can have a breakthrough to success in your own business, even if you're just starting out or if you've been in business for a while. I'm Sharon Koenig, an online life and business coach and serial entrepreneur for over 25 years. My goal is to share with you everything that I've learned along the way, including the good, the bad, and the ugly. Each week, we'll explore what it takes to reach your goals, your dreams, and create the financial freedom through online entrepreneurship. Plus, hear interviews from special guests who share their own tips, strategies, and advice on how you can break through to success. If you're ready to dig in, Listen in to today's episode. Hi, Bob. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate that. Well,
1: thank you, Sharon. It's really great to be here. Thanks for inviting me in.
0: Well, I know the audience would love to hear a little bit more about your story. I've had the opportunity to talk with you a little bit, but your story is one of inspiration and you're going to be able to drop some wisdom bombs along the way. I know you will. So go ahead and and tell the audience a little bit more about you and some of the struggles that you've had along the way to get you where you are today.
1: Well, oh, sure. I, I, you know, it's so funny when you say the story. There, there's many different avenues we can go down. Uh, I'll, I'll just always love to say this. I. Uh I have a wonderful wife, which I've had for 16 years. Her name is Danielle, hopefully she's listening. Hi, Danielle. No, she probably isn't.
0: Hi, Danielle.
1: <laughs> we, yeah, exactly. And then we have three boys in our household. So our three boys are 13, 10, and seven. So uh, we've entered the middle school years, which is a lot of fun. And with three boys around, you can imagine it is full of physical energy in our household. So. <laughs> Yes, exactly. It, it, it was great. Um, the funny thing is, when we get invited over to people's homes, I always kind of give them kind of a, a phone call beforehand and say, "Thank you very much for inviting us over. I'm just warning you now, we will break something.
0: Put away your I valuables. That's it. Valuables <laughs>
1: up high or anything that'll break because I." I our boys are just so fun and active and energetic, which is great. But if you have any type of valuables, there's a good chance that they're going to break something. And I don't know which boy it's going to be or what it's going to be, but please protect your breakables. And put
0: Hope them they up. have some allowance. Yes, yes they. Do. You pay for so. the damage.
1: Yes. And so that's really uh, a little bit about me. And I always want to start on the personal side because I always think there's more to people to get to know them than just what they have done in their careers or what they're doing now. So it kind of brings a little bit of a warmth there. But what I'm doing now is not what I imagined that I was going to be doing many years ago. Uh, when I started coming right out of college, I kind of put down all of these goals of what I was hoping to do, you know, hopefully to uh, be able to have a good successful career, hopefully be able to find a woman who can put up with me and have a good family and um, find a career that would allow my wife to choose to be able to work inside the home or outside, basically for her to go out and to follow what her dreams and her passions were. And so I also knew that being with people, there would have to be some sort of outside sales because that's kind of where my avenue was based upon my skills. So I ended up joining an insurance firm shortly out of college and was able to build everything up in my insurance career. One of the other things that uh, the insurance company said to me was, you know what, it would be great because we bring people in so that they just don't become sellers of insurance, but they have the opportunity for ownership as well. And that really intrigued me because I thought at that point, great, I'd be able to have another slice of the pie and um, really be able to take care of the family. So I set a goal by the time I was 40 to be able to have a wonderful family, a wife, um, you know, again, who would put up with me and have a successful marriage in there, be able to raise our kids the way we want to, have my wife be able to do what she wanted to do, and then to be able to have flexibility, both financial and otherwise, to be able to work. Uh, so allowing me to be able to have that flexibility to coach our kids or to be a part of the family, as well as to have my wife to gain that flexibility so she could do whatever she wanted to do. And as my career progressed, uh, With commercial insurance, uh, my book of business grew. Because of that, they put me in charge of more people. So I became both a seller and a sales manager. And that continued to grow, which made me the head of office. And that continued to grow, which um, allowed me to have an ownership and a shareholder position in the company. And so that's where I was. And I did all of that by my 40th birthday. And I thought, man, this is great. Sharon, I have made it. I've got all of these goals. Life's good. Life is good. And I'm glad I felt that way because my wife looked at me and she said, you might have had some of these goals, but I see how you are going into work these days. Mm. And I see you at night where you know, you're just a little bit uh, temperamental or testy and I've realized I was grinding my teeth at night and I really couldn't figure out exactly what it was. Why was I doing this? I mean, Sharon, I should have been where I wanted to be. I had all of these goals in place. I was on that track. I had done it by 40. I'd hit everything that I wanted to do. Why wasn't I right? And so, I use a lot of kind of automobile analogies along the way. I find that's kind of a nice way. And it's also another one of my hobbies um, is driving cars and, and working and loving cars. And so what I realized was my life was just a little bit what I call out of alignment. And that I meant by, okay, the car's going down the road straight. That's good. It's working fine, but you can always tell a good automobile when you take your hands off the wheel for a few seconds and the car still continues to go straight. That's when you know that your car is in alignment. And using the analogy there, where I was with my career, yes, I was going down the road, I was going down at you know highway speeds, everything was going fine, but as soon as I would take my hands off the wheel, I would notice the car would shift out of alignment and start to drift. And I started to think, why is that? Why am I hitting all of these goals that I wanted to do, not doing or having the alignment that I wanted? And so really started to kind of take some inventory of things. And one of the things I found out was when I was working with my customers and we would go out for say, an hour meeting before lunch, we would go out and for the first 50 or 55 minutes, I would talk to them about their business or their goals or what was, what their challenges were, either hitting sales, not, you know, having the employees, all sorts of things with their business. And we would have wonderful conversation sharing. But at the end of that time, we would both kind of start to get antsy and they would typically say, you know, this is great but Bob, weren't you actually here to sell us (laughs) a commercial insurance product? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And so let's buzz through this for five or 10 minutes and then we can head out to lunch. And that's exactly what I would do. And sure, what I realized was the part of the alignment that wasn't working for me was actually the product that I was selling, which was commercial insurance. And so what that meant was I would have to basically get rid of that and by doing so, I might be able to get myself back in alignment and going down the road. But that was a big, that was a, man, that was a big decision that I came to because in commercial insurance is what I knew for 21 years. What would it mean to be able to step away from that? But then I looked at it from the other perspective. It was like, okay, I might have hit these goals by the time I was 40, but I still have about 20 or 25 years left of my career. And do I want to see myself continue to go down this path with the other 20 or 25 years? Or is this an opportunity for me to say, you know what, that was a good phase one of my professional career. Let's now move into phase two. And that was it when I realized maybe what I can do with my clients is continue to talk to them and to help them out, working with sales and operations, consulting, as well as coaching but to take the insurance piece out of it, man, that would be really where I'd want to go. And it was almost at that moment when I came to that realization that I felt this weight just come right off of my shoulders. And to feel that freedom was like, yes, you know what? That is exactly it. And I love the Mark Twain quote. And the Mark Twain quote says that, you know, the two most important days in a person's life are the day they are born and the day they discovered why mm-hmm. and that was my i discovered why moment and so went into the boss's office and basically said i'm having a change of heart i'm going to even though i have a successful career i'm going to sell out all of my options and i'm going to move to something completely different and was able to do that and yes wow. it has been scary at times but I am so glad that I have been able to make that shift, sharing to move out of that corporate nine to five job where, again, 80 to 90 percent of everything that I was doing was aligned. So the car was going down the road at highway speeds, but it was that five to 10 percent that was off and being able to discover what that was and then to say, OK, let's take that out. And once we were able to take that out, man, the car is in alignment and going right down the road
0: what an amazing story there there's so many little nuances here that i want to touch on And I, you know, I, I love how you actually took control of your life in two ways, you know, going back to the very beginning where you, you actually did the smart thing where you had the goals, right? And you knew for sure that you wanted to have this lifestyle for your, your lovely wife. And you knew that it was going to have to be something around. That was going to provide the finances to help you live that lifestyle, and you achieved those goals by your fortieth birthday, and that must have, like you said, you were on top of the world. So you did the right thing, and I imagine that you you probably at that point were feeling like maybe a little bit disappointed when you discovered that it wasn't all that in a bag of chips.
1: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I realized that and. There was euphoria and kind of that honeymoon period, but then I kind of realized that, great, was this actually the goal that I wanted for my life going forward, or did it just meet a financial end? Mm-hmm. And what I realized was it had just met a financial end, mm-hmm. but I, um, it wasn't really what I was going to meet. Uh, Let me tell you one other quick story. And and this impacted me. And I didn't realize this till later on. But when I started up with the last insurance brokerage that I worked for, and they're an excellent company. So there's nothing wrong with the industry. There's nothing wrong with the company. It just wasn't for me at that time. So I don't want people to get the wrong thing. But when I started up for the company, they basically said, Bob, we're giving you this opportunity that if you do well, we're going to give you ownership through shares in our company and and my boss said at the time you know what it's kind of is it's like in a sense giving you these pair of golden handcuffs which you are able to have and as long as you continue to work for us and everything goes well man you won't have to worry financially for the rest of your life wow and and sharon when i heard that and again this is much younger I heard that and I thought, this is exactly what I want. If I just work here and do a good job and I know I'm going to work hard, they're going to take care of me for the rest of my life. And so I focused on primarily that first word, that golden word. But after I had become a shareholder, I was still thinking about that, that, that uh, picture that my boss shared of putting on the golden handcuffs. And mm. at that point, I was starting to kind of almost feel like an itch, like a physical itch around my wrists, because I had the golden handcuffs on, but at that point I'm not focused on the word golden anymore. Mm-hmm. I was focused on the word handcuffs.
0: That's a and beautiful that's, story.
1: Yeah, and and that's kind of one of the things that made me look to to change that. And I love another thing that you said because one of the quotes that I I say over and over again, even on my down days, is if I don't run my life, somebody else will run it for yes, me. Yes. And I don't want that to happen. I've had that happen before in my in my career. And that wasn't for me where I was running my life as someone else had wanted. And now I get to run the my life the way I want to run it. It's a lot great. of
0: people are doing this. They, they, they are seeking the money. They're seeking that lifestyle or thinking, well, this is the lifestyle I want, and so I know I need something to fuel it. I need something to help me live this lifestyle financially. And, and what ends up happening with a lot of these professionals a lot of these people is they're simply not happy. So it you know it doesn't necessarily mean that you know being rich means you're not going to be happy. I don't want anyone who's listening to this thinking, oh well, I don't want to make a lot of money because that means I'm going to be miserable. And and that's not the story here because ultimately what was missing here was your purpose. And I love so much that you actually talked about, you know, how you actually had it all, really. And then your wife, your wife was the one outside of you who was noticing things. And this is something that is so difficult for a lot of people. So you've got two sides of this. Number one, your wife having that courage to show you the mirror. That was difficult for her. I I hope that, you know, you honor her for her courage because that wasn't easy for her to say, look, you know, I'm noticing that, you know, you're leaving a certain way in a certain energy and coming home in a certain energy. And, you know, you had mentioned to me that you were even even having sleep problems, right, with grinding your teeth. How bad did that stress actually get?
1: I think what it was, it was never... And over, I I think maybe the best way to say the stress was, it was slowly seeping into other areas of my life. And, you know, I think all of us are able to deal with a certain amount of stress kind of on our own. That's kind of part of our daily routine. And, you know, even in my career now, it's not completely stress-free, but it's how we are about, is it enough stress that we're able to manage it ourselves or does the stress start weighing down on you so much that it begins to seep out in other places because ultimately if you pass that pass that threshold it will seep out somewhere else and i think that's where my wife danielle was starting to see it it was like okay this is starting to seep out into other areas and you really kind of you have to kind of start putting a check on this you know and it could be everything from Maybe I was a little bit sharper than I needed to with, you know, strangers or people at the checkout line or more impatient with other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or it was coming out also physically for me where I was grinding my teeth at night and I wasn't even realizing it. But my wife, Danielle, was able to understand that. So I think that's kind of it right there where, where is this level? Are we able to manage this? And really have that third person, as you said, Sharon, that third person take a look, or excuse me, third person, third party take a look and say, you know what, this isn't really working for you. And I'm so glad that she was able to be able to do that and then speak truth into that. And I'll also, if I could say one last thing, and then uh, the other thing that she did, and I was scared about this when we took that transition away from my um, commercial selling career, into what I'm doing now, I was kind of afraid to share this. And I'm like, okay, this is it. We're gonna go a different path because I was wondering what she was gonna say, You know, thinking that she would be fearful. Mm-hmm. And she had the exact opposite reaction. She was so excited. She's like, yes, finally, you're able to break through. You're able to do really what you want to do with your life, which was, I think a lot of us put that assumption on someone else that that's how they're gonna react. When I really appreciate Danielle taking a look at the whole, my whole being and saying, no, this is actually a really good thing for you to branch out and to start the second career.
0: We don't really understand how important it is to have people around us, especially those people that are closest to us because they impact us in so many ways that we, we don't even really expect. She sounds like she was actually instrumental and, in, and in maybe even nudging you just a little bit because mm-hmm. you knew instinctively something was off, but yet you weren't able to make that change. And it's, you know I, I don't want anyone to underestimate the importance of having these people around us you know that you've got the right person in your life when they can actually feel happy for you instead of feeling fearful you know and and literally encouraging you and empowering you because that's what what you need because you need someone to say I'm not scared I'm, I'm happy for you and I'm looking forward to for you to actually go out and live authentically so that you can be your happiest self. And we are so scared, as you said, of what their reaction is gonna be. And and I've interviewed other people. Um, I remember a a digital nomad story where the woman, she was working corporate and um, realizing that she just wasn't very happy. And they went on vacation literally just just hanging out on the beach, reading books and whatnot. And she'd been thinking about it while they're on vacation. Wouldn't it be great if the vacation never ended? But she was so scared to tell her husband, I want to sell everything and I want to travel the world and do this career she wanted to have a career in helping people because you you have to be able to live your life authentically and you have to be able to move forward in your life doing what lights you up and oftentimes we shut ourselves down because of fear because we're so scared of the reactions of other people when you actually find that courage for yourself to stand up and say look this is what I need to do And then you are so happy to be met with a positive reaction. Then you know you are, as you say, in alignment and able to move forward. I mean, what kind of a relief was that? How did you feel when she finally said, wow, this is good for you. You should do this.
1: It was always great to have that that support that affirmation in that and done out of a place that was a place of faith and a place of, instead of fear. And that's one of the things where, you know, not every day, I, I'm not trying to paint this rosy picture. I, I love what I'm doing now, but not every day is actually picture perfect. And there are some days where I'll still wake up, and they'll have doubts and those some days where I'm like, am I absolutely nuts for taking away and moving away from you know, those golden handcuffs that would take care of me for the rest of my professional career to do what I'm now, doing now? And what I tend to do is I find those are thoughts of fear
0: mm-hmm.
1: as opposed to thoughts of faith. That's and right. When I go to those thoughts of fear, they will bring me down or bring me into the place that I don't really want to go. But and I and I am a I'm a Christian, so faith is a big part of my life there. But when I start remembering why I have done these things and the steps that have been into place and the abundance that's out there and the fact that my clients have wished me well going forward with that, that's what I have to remember when I want to live in that faith and going forward with living in faith that you know what it's going to be great with these next 20 years of my career. I I can't wait for them. And that's one of the things that I've had to do is I had to, in my phone, I put down what I call my faith journal. And so what that faith journal is, is it's a number of statements. I have about seven of them that I've written down, which remind me of why I'm doing what I'm doing today. And when I hit those days where I wake up, and I'm like, oh, did I make a mistake? Mm-hmm. And I'm operating in fear. I, have, I go to my phone and I look at my faith journal and I see those seven things. And it reminds me, no, this is exactly what I'm doing. And the fact is I'm living in fear as opposed to faith and
0: abundance this is a really really important conversation here and why i am calling this series bulletproof because you're an individual that has changed his life just completely transformed his life because of wanting to go down a path of purpose and we realize as you've said when we are on purpose like this it doesn't matter if you are you know wealthy or if you're not there's always going to be the difficult days right and this is yes. why it's so important for us to become bulletproof we need to make sure that we have practices and routines and habits in our days so that when our mind gets out of control because this see now this is my jam this is what I do talking about the mind and we realize it doesn't matter if you're doing What you love, you're always going to have the doubts and the fear. And this is what shuts everybody down. It's the doubts, it's the fear. When you're so scared, you don't really know what to do. Oftentimes, entrepreneurs become very overwhelmed and they become very lost. So, we need to have these routines, these habits. And you're talking about basically like affirmations, right? Phrases that you say to yourself, uh, phrases or statements that remind you of why you're doing this. Because, you know, sometimes when you're an entrepreneur, you know, it's like a roller coaster, it's hills and valleys, you have a lot of money. And then sometimes you don't right? And a lot of money. And sometimes you don't. And I will tell you with my clients, every time they are struggling with finances, it's because of belief. They've somehow lost their belief. So it's, it doesn't matter if you are a Christian or not, uh, you know, someone who is someone who is religious or someone who is spiritual, two different things. Nonetheless, it's somebody who has a belief around letting go of certain thoughts and letting go of any outcome and letting go of control to the universe or their higher power or God or whatever it is and realizing that you must have uh, procedures in place so that you can let go of the fear and move into belief. So because this is so incredibly important for making the money that we want to make and making the relationships in our business. Let's talk about belief. Let's talk about your procedures and what you do to keep you on purpose and authentic and believing.
1: Yeah. You know, I think we and the mind is the worst place for us. I say the, the, what you don't want to do is you want to evict the, uh, the uh, tenant that's in your mind. (laughs) And what I mean by that is we sometimes will have that other voice that's in our mind, which keeps telling us, you know, this is no good or what a foolish decision this is. And you've got to kick out that tenant. I worked with someone and they named their person Earl in their head. (laughs) And so it. it was all about, I've got to kick Earl out of my head. I've got to kick him. He is no longer a tenant. is a freeloader (laughs) operating in the space of my mind. Get that
0: freeloader out.
1: That's it. And so we came up with this thing of, we are going to evict Earl. And that's what she would kept saying. I have to make sure that I'm evicting Earl. And sadly, Earl keeps coming back. And so you can't really do that once, but every so often, whenever you have those doubts, She goes, okay, I got to go evict Earl. And I don't know who Earl was in her life, but it was, it's just a name for this. And so anyone who's listening out there who has that freeloader, that negative voice that's in your mind, I just, I encourage them. The first thing you want to do is evict your Earl. In your mind,
0: hashtag so, evict Earl. Yes, yes,
1: or whatever whatever name you want to do. And it, I don't know why evict Earl works for me so well, but it does. So you have to evict the freeloader who's taking up that rented space in your mind. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing that I do is I love to have what I call my ten belief statements. That's kind of part of my truth journal. And what this is is it is. Five beliefs about yourself that you know are absolutely true. And that is about who you are personally. That's about who you are and what you can do for your clients professionally. It's about what you have done for others professionally. But I want you to write out, or I'd encourage all of your listeners to write this out. Have at least five things. And I would say don't make it longer than seven. I typically say five to seven, and usually I say five. Five things that are your absolute truths that you know about yourself. That yes, I do these things well. There, I I would say they're even more than affirmations, they're truths about yourself that you know. And you write those out. And then the second thing, Sharon, is you find someone that you really know that they have your best interests in mind. And you ask them to do the exact same thing.
0: About so, you. Sharon,
1: would you, about you, yes. Mm-hmm. So Sharon, I would ask you, Sharon, would you be able to take some time in the next day or so, because I value you in my life, mm-hmm. would you be able to write out five truths that you know about me? And then you would come back and you have that. So now you have these 10 statements of truth that you know. And that's what I put in my truth journal. Not only that I believe in myself, but what other people who know me and care for me believe in me as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that that's, that's what I've created there with the truth journal, because those fears, those doubts are coming in, those earls are coming in, and they're, <laughs> they're setting up shot, they're freeloading in our brain. And that's what I do to go evict the earl out of our brain.
0: I love to that. to come back
1: and read those 10 statements, five which I know I've been able to do and say about myself, and then five which someone who I trust and love says about me.
0: That's so good. And I want to touch on a couple of things here. You know, number one, one of the things that really created my brand Fearless Pursuits was friends and family who say they want one thing, right? And then they do another. So these are people who are not really taking control of their life and they just literally just let their life just happen. And then they lose, um, Passion in their life. They lose anything good. They just become like a shell, you know, they Mm -hmm. become skin They become bones and that's all they are and you know fearless Pursuits is it's all about going after your dreams going after things like your life depends upon it and the part about this is you have to do the inner work you have to do The work that's hard. And so many of these people will say, I don't have time for all of this. This is nonsense. How is writing these things down going to help me, right? And I want to be able to speak to the fearless listeners that, you know, Bob here is proof that these things really work. You know, these are, these are practices, their habits, their routines that actually work, you know, and they penetrate your mind. And I want to add here, and I've said this so many times to my audience, remember that your body is the language of the subconscious mind. So what this means is, is that when you have these 10 belief statements, for example, and I have mine, and I have a morning routine, and I read them out loud. So what I do to incorporate them to help them stick even more is I get on a trampoline now my daughter I got her a small one-person trampoline so she literally jumps on the trampoline while we're like watching TV or whatever but I use it to jump on while I'm reading my belief statements so while I'm doing this you can tell that your adrenaline starts going right? And you can you start to feel more passionate about it. And then I, I have other statements that I read too, which are my creation statements. That's literally creating me in my future. But when you actually are jumping up and down or you're moving, you're walking, and this is something I learned from Tony Robbins. Um, it, it's one of those things where it seeps into your mind easier. It's like a shot to your, your subconscious mind, and you literally can create that future you that it enables you to be more powerful and to live in belief. So I, I wanted to make sure that the fearless listeners do the work. And Bob here is proof that these, these procedures, these habits, these routines really work. So I really appreciate that you shared that with the audience today.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, I'll go back to the Truth Journal. I encourage everyone to be able to do that, where again, you have those 10 statements, five from yourself and five from a trusted other one. But Sharon, I love what you had to say where, especially when you start this out, you're going to have to read these every day. Mm -hmm. And again, kind of going through that, you want to post them where you can see them or place them in a spot where you read them every single day so you can put that into practice of knowing who you are and what your trusted loved ones actually think of you. So, I think you know there's kind of three steps about this and I encourage all of your fearless bulletproof listeners to take all three. Where the first step is you think about it. Well, that's great. But after you think about it, that might go somewhere else. Then the second one is you actually asking you write down. So you write down these 10 steps, which is good. And then you'd be able to take that action. But I loved what you said, Sharon, because the third one actually is the most critical is great, you've thought about it. Great, they've been written down for you. You physically have written them down, but now you have to physically say them as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And if it's on a trampoline or what I encourage others to do is stand up on a chair So they're above and they're able to even look down, which kind of gives you that spot of more of a higher up, kind of more of an empowered position. Mm -hmm. And just to say, or even to, I'll say this, you know, kind of say this with force, maybe not yell or scream it, but say it. with enthusiasm with emotion. Yes, with emotion, with belief. Yes, exactly right. And say those things because that to me is the most important part. Because you can write something down and you can read it. But if you are actually physically vocalizing that with belief, with emotion, that takes you to another step of belief.
0: And you have to do it every day.
1: Yes. You have to do it every day to start. I don't do that really every day. Now where I do that now more is, again, where my Earl comes back and freeloads in the space of my mind. Mm -hmm. Or I'm having days where – I'm living in fear as opposed to faith, then that's when I'm going to stop. I'll get those 10 statements and then stand up and physically say them aloud. But so you always have to do that. You may not have to do on an everyday basis, but you have to get in the practice of being able to do that.
0: So I want to get into something I think is really, really important here. There's a lot of listeners here that are thinking about making some kind of change in their life. They might be feeling unfulfilled in their current career. They might be feeling really stressed out in their current situation, even maybe even with money or something like that. And they're scared. They're scared to make that change. Or maybe they're not really sure what the right thing is to do here because they, they realize something's off. I'm just not, I'm not, feeling right about where I'm at and I I know that you've already done this right you you had that moment where you were talking with Danielle and you said hey honey you know I, I want to go down this path I realize that this is something that I I'm finding myself wanting to do more and more and more and I really want to do this but I'm scared right so let's talk about that transition so you you had a period of time obviously where you're you're talking with danielle about this you're thinking about it and maybe it was a week maybe it was two weeks maybe it was a month you know for some people it's like a year or two i know like with me you know i literally had to divorce in order to go out and live my dreams So it took me years to like, say, okay, I guess I'm, this is not working. You know, I had to like, I had to find a lot of courage to do this. So let's talk about this transition, about how you dealt with the transition. And, you know, that day that you went in there and said, hey, boss, this isn't working anymore. I'm done here. And I'm moving on. Because I know people want to know, like, what to look out for, you know. I'm, I'm feeling something's off, but I just really don't know what to do, and I want to move forward. So, what can you talk to the fearless listeners about so that they can make this transition into a, a life on purpose?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. There's a blessing in disguise of this whole story, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but uh, at this point, I have to be very thankful for lawyers, and especially the lawyers who are dragging their feet. Because when I went and uh, decided, okay, great, I'm gonna move on for something else, because I did have shares in the company, it wasn't as positive, of, okay, just sign right here and then we're free to go. You had to kind of go through all of the contractual language, we had to get valuations, all of these things, which created a period for me basically saying, okay, it's time for me to move on to actually being able to move on. And so it how funny it is that I am very thankful for the lawyers who ended up kind of dragging their feet in this process um, to allow me to make this transition. Because Sharon, what happened with this transition was I was able to really do two things. The first thing was I was able to figure out exactly what I want the next step to look like. Mm -hmm. And what that meant is I went out and I started to collect and read books on what could be next for me. And I don't know if you've done this or your listeners have done this, but one of the things that helped me out significantly was reading the book Strength Finders Mm -hmm. and really finding out what your strengths are to be able to go forward. Because kind of like the car car in the alignment, When I was going through Strength Finders and they give you basically five things, sure enough, I was doing everything on those five things. I was just not doing it in a proper way or through a proper product or or a proper outcome of that. So it was actually reaffirming to me to be able to go out and say, okay, this is actually what I'm good at because that's what I encourage all all of your listeners to do. If you're going to make that step out, figure out exactly what you're good at and what you enjoy and start going down into those lanes. And then the second thing is you need to invest in yourself. And I find a lot of people, what also kind of trips them up is for some reason they have a mental block of investing in themselves. What do you mean by
0: investing?
1: In what way? What do I mean by investing? I mean by going out and going out to classes or to seminars or working with a coach or a life coach or a professional coach. Oh, well,
0: it takes too much time. It takes it too takes... much money, Bob.
1: Right, right. And what I find there is when people start talking about it as a time or a cost, you lose them right yes. away. yes what i choose is i try to get the word cost out of everything that i do and change the word cost into investment Mm -hmm. so i want to not pay for this or ask how much i'm this is going to cost i want to figure out what am i investing in how much is this investment like when i give my money to you know our financial planner and our 401k experts i don't ask him Mm -hmm. Well, how much is this going to cost me to do?
0: And when someone is like 20 years old and they want to be a doctor or a lawyer, they don't sit there and like ham and hawn and like rub their hands together. Oh my God, how much is it going to be? They might a little bit because we know that's going to cost a couple hundred thousand dollars, but they do it because why? Because it, it, it uh, puts this picture in their mind of their future. And so that's yes. what people are missing when we're talking about investing in themselves in some sort of personal development, or right. getting guidance with uh, consulting, you know, a con- like purchasing um, time with a consultant or time with a coach, because mm-hmm. they can't see that value in the person. But what they need to be seeing the value in is what they're gonna be getting out of it afterwards for themselves. Like what is the return on investment five years down the road? What is the return on investment in 10 years? And you have to be able to invest in yourself, right? It's college. Absolutely. It's just middle aged college for for our brain.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't say that, yeah, but when I think about when you think about things that are are of value, you invest in them. And because and you place a great value on that. So yeah, maybe it is that 401k account, or if you're younger, maybe it is going to college or going to medical school. Or if you're in a relationship, you invest in your partner or your future partner mm-hmm. through premarital counseling, counseling, spending time together, investing in weekends away. You know, shoot, that's one of the struggles that we have right now. We have three kids at home, but I still want to take time to spend with my wife. And yes, I realize this is gonna cost me money. It's gonna cost me money to find a sitter, especially in our situation. It's gonna find time to cost money for the event that we're going to, the dinner, the concert, the weekend getaway. But I don't look at it as how much is this going to cost me. I look at this as I'm investing in time and in my relationship with my wife that's or beautiful. with your marital partner. And that's, I think, Sharon, a lot of times people will do that and they'll see the value of investing in those ways, but they won't see the value in investing in themselves for mm-hmm. taking that next step forward in their career or for their own personal And
0: success. I think this comes from a self-worth issue. You know, I think, you know, there's a little bit of a, a confidence issue and a self-worth issue here, which, of course, people really actually need to, to invest in themselves so that they can actually fix that problem. So I want to actually segue here at this point. We've talked a lot about your journey, but, you know, we really want to talk a little bit more about where you are today. You know, so you, you discovered by accident your purpose right mm-hmm. this this was an accident you didn't really know that you were going to end up here but where is here and what does it feel like for you now that you're bulletproof
1: oh yeah i'm not bulletproof there we'll say bullet resistant let's say that way <laughs> i don't know if you ever get bulletproof but you know at least Bullet resistant and able to kind of put some good armor on to be able to protect That's myself. it. You're
0: off the show, yes. buddy. <laughs> oh
1: no. Oh no. Well, it was a great time. Um, so what, but, but what I'm doing um, now is again, really investing in people and entrepreneurs in businesses who want to take their step to the next level. Uh, so I grew up in Minnesota and so using my driving analogy, I find that, If you're in Minnesota and you're driving, there's going to be times where you just get stuck. You're going to get stuck in snow because, you know, when it snows there, there'll be three feet of snow on the ground and you have to drive, get the kids to school, or you get stranded and you have to find a way to get out of being stuck. And there's a couple of things about that. I think when we try that, what we end up doing is we end up spinning our wheels. And what that actually does is it either digs us deeper into the snowbank or where we're stuck or we spend so much that there's no more traction for us to grip anymore. Mm -hmm. And when I work with people or small businesses, I find that people are there and they're trying to go forward and they're spinning their wheels and nothing's happening. And then they put it in reverse and they're going backwards and nothing is really happening. So what you need is someone to come out and get you unstuck from that spot. Mm. So people have kind of said, you know, I'm the tow truck driver of the sales industry where I will come <laughs> and help pull you out of where that spot is. Or maybe you're at a business and all businesses I find will come up at some point and they're going to plateau and they're not going to know how to get into the next gear. So they're in third gear or they're in fourth gear and they can't figure out how do I get into that top level gear? gear because if i'm in these middle gears i can only go so fast before burning out the car engine or burning themselves out and so i love working with people or with businesses who want to take that next step to shift into that next gear so that they can really benefit um and go down life much more smoothly, much more efficiently. And the fact that they know that their car can go that they can't their car can go faster. They just need someone to help them get stuck or unstuck and into that next gear. And so that's what I've done. I've created something called the growth matrix, which is great for companies or individuals. And I work with them through coaching and business consulting to be able to move them out of that plateaued area or move them out of those middle gears into the high gear. And one more analogy, and I keep using these analogies (laughs) because different ways to- I love your analogies, Bob. Yes, yes. So you've always come across where you have your phone and all of a sudden your phone isn't working quite the way it needs to because you basically either need to update the software on the phone or upgrade the phone. And that's what I look to do is to help you take it from a 2.0 software level up to a 3.0 software level. And it's been great. I've had great success working with individuals who do that and great success with small businesses who want to do that as well.
0: And talking about like the return on investment, talking about investing in ourselves, if you have a business or thinking about having a business, then we know that sales is a major component, right? We, we realize we, we have to attract the leads to us, right? Um, and then the sales. And, and I realized that talking about both of these components, you know, the mind, and our self-worth and our belief in ourself and our service and even believing in the client, whether the client can do the work, all of these things go into it. And you, you are such a professional around all of this to be able to help people, right? What would you say is like the, the biggest stumbling block for your clients when we're talking about being able to make more sales so they can have more money in their business?
1: Yeah, I I think for me when I start with this uh, in my growth matrix, you know, where all we're, what we do is we drive business growth, we drive sales growth. The first thing I look at around these because you have a picture, you have growth in the middle, and then there is a bunch of smaller elements around it. And the first elements that I look around growth is what I call the motivation. And what the motivation element is, is figuring out what your value proposition is Mm -hmm. to your customer base. They took a survey a couple of years back for companies that decided to go with say company A, as opposed to company B. And they would ask, why would you choose company A over company B? And the number one reason it was not price funny enough. The number one reason was that company A was able to share what their value and their value proposition was Mm -hmm. to the buyer. And they did a much better job of that than say these other companies. And so if there's one thing that I like to start out with is figuring out who your value proposition is, Mm -hmm. what do you do, what do you do well, and why do your clients buy from you? And then on the second way is, what makes you different what can you say that sets you apart that creates value from the competition out there and that's the biggest thing just know what your value is and know what makes you strikingly different from the competition
0: i love that and i work with my clients on that too and one of the things i think is so important here to understand is basically that we have to really invest in ourselves, right? We were talking about this before, about the investment. And when we're talking about consultants and coaches, for example, and I, I can even think of uh, someone like a web developer or something like that, someone who's doing that or software development. And, you know, they're, they're up against, you know, the, they're in the sales call, for example. They're having their consultation call. And it's, it's, they're not really, able to close that sale. And I I use the term close that sale, but some people use other types of terms, but we're all familiar with that. And we realize that sometimes when we actually are not building this relationship out in in an optimal way, which is going to create this relationship, whereas inadvertently they're actually got a no, they have a no. And the reason why they have a no is because they weren't able to actually build that value up to the prospect in that sales call, for example. And I think that this is really key. I love that you are actually helping people with this because that's the bread and butter. You know, there's there's no way they're going to be able to grow their business if they don't know what the value is. You know, that they can convey that to their prospect in a consultation call or even in their marketing when they're promoting their business, maybe online or in a workshop or in a networking environment. They need to be able to convey to people the value in their service. And this is something that a lot of people are not honed into. So what would be like one little wisdom bomb that you could drop here to help people get in that right? Because I think it's a mindset is what it is, um, you know, where that they can actually create value in the eyes of their prospects in their marketing and in a consult call.
1: Yeah, you know, I think one of the things I would look to do and because I run across is when I start when I talk to companies about the differentiation piece of their value. And we'll start off on a whiteboard and you'll start saying, what makes you guys different? And typically I'll hear some of these answers and see if you've ever heard these, or sadly see if you even said these. Well, you know what? We provide great customer service, Mm -hmm. or we have the best people that work for us, or our products, they're made from the best materials out there. And they use those things as differentiators, but the truth is, Sherrod, who doesn't say that? I mean,
0: who doesn't? There's nothing different there.
1: There's nothing different there. But that's if you look at brochures or things about that, Mm -hmm. I would say eight times out of ten, you're going to see those types of similar statements. You know, we have the best people. Well, again. Who doesn't have the best people? What do you want to say? You know, our people, well, they're kind of mediocre. <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> yeah, you know, they've, they've worked with three other companies before they kind of landed with us. You know, of course, you're not going to say that, but what you have to do is figure out where your differentiators are. And I break this down into three areas. The first one is, do you have differentiators which are quantifiable, which means you are able to use numbers or statistics? that show that you are different from your competitors out there. And let's start using those because numbers, statistics, surveys, they grab people, but you don't see them used or you don't see them used in the right way. So quantitative is number one. Second one is what I call qualitative. And qualitative is what is unique about your company that you can say or put on your website, that half a dozen people can't put on their website? Right. What's different about your process, what you do? All of those things that you can say about yourself that others can't say. And then third is your quality contacts. So three cues: the quality contacts of who do you know that you've worked with in the past that can give you a great referral? Who do you know that Would be able to introduce you to somebody else. Who have you worked with that you provide a great service for that you're able to generate a great story to be able to say, hey, I work with this. Or, you know, of the top 20 people in this industry, I know and have worked with 16 of them. And you're able to use your personal quality contacts to be able to garner differentiation. So, yeah. Quantitative factors, qualitative factors, and quality contacts. If you're able to hone those three things, man, you can really set yourself out from someone else who says, oh, yeah, you know, we, we use the stuff that the best materials out there. It's night and day different.
0: So good, Bob. Talk about a wisdom bomb here. Wow. I know you just blew away the minds of the fearless listeners here. I, for one, could talk to you forever because we could be, you know, we could just nerd out about business all day long here. That'd be awesome. And you have shared so much with us today. And I know there's a lot of listeners here who want to be able to reach out to you. So where can they find you?
1: Yeah, so I'm available on most social media. Uh, I primarily use LinkedIn. That's my number one source because for businesses, that's a great way to go. So uh, it's you know Bob Paskins. Thankfully, the last name is unique enough that I think I'm the only Bob Paskins on LinkedIn. So you can go there. Uh, you can go to my website. It's BobPaskins.com. Again, very original there, but <laughs> it's a great way to find me. And uh, feel free to visit there. You'll see about what I do, uh, as well as you'll have the email, which is bob at bobpaskins.com. And, and Sharon, this is what I'd love to do. If there's anyone out here who'd like to have a conversation or, or connect with me, I would provide them the ability to do so by just writing. Uh, you have the email at bob at bobpaskins.com. What could be a good header? Maybe Bulletproof. If you put Bulletproof in the header, then I'll know exactly where I'm gonna where I've heard you know through through this through this podcast and we'll be able to give you ten percent off of what our products and services are. So I would give that to any of the listeners who just simply respond to my email at bob at bobpaskins.com and use the heading bulletproof.
0: That's so generous. Thank you so much, Bob. And I really hope the fearless listeners take advantage of that. That's 10% off if they just send an email with bulletproof in the heading. That's wonderful. So that'll be able to give them 10% off on the products and services that you offer.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Awesome. like well, to do it. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story, and thank you for dropping some of your wisdom bombs on us today, and certainly thank you for sharing this wonderful, generous discount with the audience as well.
1: Well, great. Thank you very much for having me. I look forward to hearing from your listeners.
0: This week's episode was jam-packed with great content, and now it's time for you to take massive action. Make sure to schedule your strategy session with yours truly and also visit fearlesspursuits.com where you can subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found the show valuable, we'd appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes too. Or if you simply tell a friend about the podcast, that helps too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. This is your fearless online business coach, Sharon Koenig. Thanks for listening. Now go out and be fearless so you can change the world.